Good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church where our community of Kensington Unitarians has its spiritual home. Ours is a community created by all who walk through our doors. We welcome you. Whoever you are, whatever you are, however you are this Sunday morning. But we are here to connect with something greater than ourselves. To put to one side, perhaps, our burdens, any grievances or challenges, our fixed ways of thinking and being, and instead to open ourselves up in this hour to the possibility of inspiration, of hearing, perhaps, a still, small voice within, our inner wisdom that can encourage us to move forward in life, accepting what is, making the best of all that we've been given. Catholic priest Henri Nouen wrote that we must learn to live each day, each hour, yes, each minute, as a new beginning, as a unique opportunity to make everything new. Imagine, he says, that we could live each moment as a moment pregnant with new life. Imagine that we could live each day as a day full of promises. May this day, in some way, be a day of promise for you. And I'm lighting this chalice as a symbol of our faith, that by its light may our vision be illumined, by its warmth may our fellowship be encouraged, and by its flame may our yearnings for peace, justice, and the life of the Spirit be enkindled. Welcome, everybody. A story of a magic peach seed comes from the Buddhist tradition, but um, it reminds me of other stories. I think it probably will you too. It concerns a young man called Han, who, because of a number of unfortunate circumstances in his early life, had become a thief. And it's said that he was one of the most accomplished thieves in the city, but he'd never become rich because actually he was quite lazy and he only stole enough to just keep him going through till the next day. And then, as things sometimes do, things changed. He fell in love. He met a young woman. He, uh, he, he had to tell her the truth. And, of course, when she heard of his profession, she was horrified. She begged him to change his ways and promised that she would marry him should he succeed in adopting a different way of earning his living. And Ham was so deeply in love that he made that promise. But he did not have enough money even to buy a wedding ring, so he decided that that would be his last crime. He went out to steal a wedding ring. And maybe it was love that clouded his judgment and blunted his perceptions that day, but for the first time ever in his life, he got caught and was promptly thrown into jail, where he feared that he'd spend the rest of his days. This was a prison that nobody would escape from. Thick walls, barred windows, jailers who were young and on the case and never even opened the doors to pass the food through. No, just came through a slit in the wall. But he never gave up hope, Han. He told himself he would get free, but how would that be? 
And then one day, he was finishing his meagre lunch of a kind of dried-up sandwich and an overripe peach when he had an idea. Instead of leaving that peach stone on his plate to be taken away, he kept it. And uh, later on, he said to the guard, would, would, would you tell the king that I wish to see him on a matter of great importance because I know a way to make him rich beyond his wildest dreams? He was no fool, Han, and he'd spotted that the king had a somewhat avaricious nature and that was probably the only way to secure an interview with him. And sure enough, on hearing that a lowly prisoner had a way to increase his already abundant wealth, the king had Han brought before him. Come on, tell me, what do you possess that will make me rich? He said to Han. Aha, said Han, I have in my hand the secret of untold wealth. And he offered the king that peach seed. A peach? Though, what? How could this possibly make me rich, said the king. Aha, lied Han. This is no ordinary peach stone. It's magic, and it was given to me many years ago by a magician. When this seed is planted in the ground, it will produce a tree that will grow golden peaches. Hmm, said the king. Well, if that's so, why didn't you plant it yourself? Ah, there's a problem, said Han. In order to produce the golden fruit, the seed must be planted by someone who has never stolen or cheated. In my former life as a thief, I never had the opportunity to meet such an exalted person. But you, you, your majesty, you're different from other men. You're just the person to plant this seed and to reap its benefits. Well, the king, to give him credit did actually blush at that point because although he was more honest than many monarchs he remembered that there'd been times in his past when he lied and cheated in order to secure some advantage to himself and so he said no no I can't accept your gift you'd better give it to my prime minister he's the most trustworthy man and so all the eyes turned to that prime minister but you know he couldn't meet their glances Remembering how he'd once told some lies about a political rival, he murmured, no, no, I too am not able to accept that peach seed. What about the chief secretary? And you can imagine, it went on. Each one of them could recall incidents of which they were now bitterly ashamed and so refused. And at last, a smile broke out on that king's face. You're a very clever man, Han, he said. You've shown us that you've been thrown into prison for your crime, but that our crimes have gone unnoticed and unpunished. Now, you may go free. Take your magic seed with you and lead an honest life from now on. And so Ham left the king's presence, returned home, never stole again, married his fiancée, and do you know what? They lived happily ever <laughs> after. <laughs> And that leads us to a time of prayer and reflection. <coughs> As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we do and say together here today. For many people, both within this community and in the wider world, this has not been an easy few weeks. Let us think in loving sympathy of all those we know for whom life is a struggle.
Let us think of our own struggles and challenges with kindness and of all the times when we have been less than we would want to be. In order to survive, we humans build walls and create boundaries, both in our own lives and in the lives of our communities. Such boundaries help us to feel protected, yet they also separate us from others, and they create divisions. May all such walls be temporary and movable, with gaps for us to look through, openings that allow us to perceive realities other than our own. And when we think we know the truth, may we remember that it is only our truth, true from our perspective. May we be ever aware that there's more to this existence than we can ever know. And be therefore more curious and gentle travellers on the paths of life. And may this day be made a little brighter and a little lighter because we exist. And may this be for the greater good of all. Amen. And if you turn in this book now to um, number 634, there are readings at the back of the book. This is, um, we have just had um, Rosh Hashanah, the, um, the Jewish New Year was on Wednesday evening and Thursday morning. And this reading refers to that Jewish festival. And I'm going to suggest that we do this as a responsive reading with perhaps the people vaguely on this side of the room doing the um, main um, print, and then we'll do the uh, italics on this side. On turning. Now is the time for turning. The leaves are beginning to turn from green to red and orange. The birds are beginning to turn and are heading once more towards the south. Animals are beginning to turn to storing their food for the winter. For leaves, birds and animals, turning comes instinctively. But turning does not come so easily. It takes an act of will for us to make a turn. It means breaking with old habits. It means admitting that we have been wrong. And this is never easy. It means losing face. It means starting all over again. And this is always painful. It means saying, I am sorry. It means recognizing that we have the ability to change. These things are hard to do. But unless we turn, we will be trapped forever in yesterday's ways. God, help us to turn from callousness to sensitivity, from hostility to love, from pettiness to purpose, from envy to contentment, from carelessness to discipline, from fear to faith. Turn us around, O oh God, and bring us back towards you.
revive our lives as at the beginning, and turn us toward each other, God. For in isolation there is no life. When people um, ask me if I like my job as a minister of a church, I usually point out that I'm being paid to sit upstairs in my flat and read books and think deep thoughts. (laughs) Now, isn't that a pretty fortunate sort of job to have? But of course, not all deep thoughts are comfortable thoughts. Uh, One of the tricky subjects that I find myself coming back to again and again is how we humans come to terms with our failures, of how we come to terms with having done wrong in life. Um, Now, Christianity offers redemption through the death of Jesus Christ. But whether such a doctrine speaks to us or not as Unitarians, yet still I think we have to live with ourselves, don't we? every single day and with one another in an imperfect world where we all continually make mistakes, be these deliberate or not. That story we heard earlier on of the magic uh, peach seed tells of a thief who turns his life around through his own deep thinking sitting there in prison. Did it remind you of the um, story of Jesus forgiving the woman caught in the act of adultery and saving her from being stoned to death? Such a simple but powerful command. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And we'll never know what happened to that woman after that day. But Jesus' intervention saved her life. It gave her another chance, the possibility of a fresh start. And fresh starts are being offered to young people and students of all ages all around the country this very week as new school and college years begin. Stepping into a local stationery shop this week nearly induced a shopping frenzy in me the other day. The sight of all those shiny stationery items designed to bring order to our lives. New pencil cases, new pens, new files and folders in lovely colours, all displayed in honour of the new college and school year. Now for me, these items represent hope. The hope that I will, even at my advanced age, start to learn how to file things in a way from which they can be easily retrieved. Hope that buying another new set of folders will bring order to the chaos of paperwork which threatens to engulf my desk. There's a different message for all of us, I suspect. I liked school when I was young, and so September still holds a positive feeling for me, even today. But a friend who hated school described how the trip to buy a new satchel or pencil case or new item of school uniform filled him with dread at the end of each summer holiday and how September has left him feeling anxious ever since. So I wonder what meaning it has for you. Do you remember a particularly favourite pencil case or pen? Do you remember opening up a new exercise book with all its pages as yet unwritten on and putting the date at the top? One of the other deep thoughts that I return to periodically is um, 
it's a ridiculously simple one. It's the one that goes, life isn't easy, is it? It's quite demanding, just being alive. And no wonder then that we humans look for ways to bring order to the chaos so that we have some sense of actually where we stand in this world. And we create times in which we can stop and reflect, look back at where we've been and forward to where we want to be going. In our culture, we have our New Year's celebrations on January the 1st. The Chinese celebrate their New Year on the full moon that falls at the end of January or early February. And as I mentioned earlier, on Wednesday evening this week, the Jewish synagogue that meets here, Beit Klal Israel, um, were here celebrating the start of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year festival. It celebrates the creation of the world by God. And Jews believe that God judges everyone at Rosh Hashanah. That is why Jews make their new year a time for remembering the hurt that they may have caused family and friends or their community. They remember and then they do their best to make amends, to heal fractured relationships, to restore and to recreate. Rabbi Stephen Katz writes this about the Jewish New Year. At Rosh Hashanah, we're encouraged, urged, nay, mandated to play back the video of our year's contact with family, friends and community and to express our honest regret and our sincere contrition for any times we failed to reach our own expectations of moral conduct and those of our tradition. For the Jews, this is a time of reflection and repentance in which all relationships are to be considered including the relationship with oneself and with one's world. Rosh Hashanah is a wake-up call, if you like, a time to disrupt ourselves if we've slipped into any particular ruts. It's time to wake up, start anew. I don't know if any of you have ever heard the rabbi playing, blowing the horn, the shofar. It's extremely loud. It's a ram's horn and it makes a remarkable noise and it's blown a hundred times to awaken people from slumbering ways that they have may, may have slipped into during the year. Rosh Hashanah then marks the start of a 10-day period of atonement in which Jews seek to make amends and this ends at Yom Kippur, the most sacred day of the Jewish year. In the life of our world community, it would probably be very healthy if we could create a new year, wouldn't it? And a new page, wipe a slate clean, come to the world's issues refreshed once more with new eyes and ears and ideas. But the world, as they say, is always with us. All we can do is keep rededicating ourselves to the task of making things better as best as we can. I think that's why it's, it's good to be guided by inspirational people, people who are seemingly able to rise above the messy complexities of life and remind us of hope and possibility that come through commitment and determination. Back in the 80s, I met the South African Archbishop, Desmond Tutu, when he was touring Europe to gain support for the campaign to end apartheid in his country. What a warm and loving man he is, able on a grey November day in Sheffield in a small and dingy community hall to bring the campaign against apartheid to life for us 
and to convince us that it really was worth boycotting South African fruit and vegetables, worth writing letters to our MPs, worth demanding that the world community take action against a regime based on a frightening belief that some people deserve to be treated differently from others. And Archbishop Tutu has never stopped campaigning for one cause or another. He spoke this week, as did the Pope, Pope Francis, against a military intervention in Syria. Tutu said that the crisis in Syria can only be resolved by human intervention, not military intervention, and that we need to talk to avoid further bloodshed, not fight. In the face of such major global crises, it's easy, isn't it, to feel despair, to give up almost. Well, I think that the challenge for us is to hold the possibility of a fresh start, always in our hearts and our minds. We have little influence over world events, but we have a great deal of influence over our own lives. Each of us has this potential to view each moment as a new beginning. Arnold Bennett writes that the chief beauty about time is that you cannot waste it in advance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The next year, the next day, the next hour are lying ready for you, as perfect, as unspoiled, as if you'd never wasted or misapplied a single moment in all of your life. You can turn over a new leaf every hour if you choose. If we can hold this possibility for ourselves then we can hold the possibility for the whole of humanity and indeed for our entire world. May each moment be a fresh start for us all. Amen. And so, may we go now in peace, with love in our hearts and with a gentleness of spirit feeling blessed by the warmth of the fellowship we experience together here and committed to sharing that with all those we meet. Amen. Go well and blessed be.